Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second condition one action stations action stations second condition one throughout the podcast welcome listener to second condition one a night shift radio production i'm sc1 actual caleb <laughs> And with me is Kitsy, my trusty XO. Hello. And brand new Night Shift Radio host, Andrea. Welcome. Hello. She, do- she doesn't get a title? That brand new Night Shift Radio host. I was going to go with CAG, but... <laughs> that sounds like an insult. <laughs> you'll find out whether, okay. or not it, whether or not that is. And, yes, uh, you will. Okay. Maybe you'll be promoted. Maybe you'll be demoted. Maybe you'll be uh, promoted again. but um, let's get into it andrea you have never seen battlestar galactica not one second of one episode how does that feel it felt great until (laughs) right about now when you called me a cag i believe (laughs) it was great until then (laughs) i think we should start kind of uh at, at the beginning and uh, Andrew, why don't you tell us what you think the premise of Battlestar Galactica is? Oh, I can't wait. Okay, my understanding, like, to say it's tenuous at best is not even... I know so little. So it's space war, which makes it sound like I don't watch or consume any other sci-fi stuff. But I think... <laughs> oh, Battlestar, yeah. Space war. And I think... There are lots of different space races that interact. And now I sound like I'm just describing (laughs) Star Trek. Um, Truly, I think that's all I know. It is a total blank spot in my, like, pop culture canon. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. This is set condition one, a night shift radio production. I am SC1 actual Caleb. And with me is my XO Kitsy. Hello. And uh, what did we decide? Would, do you want to be the uh, the president of the twelve colonies, Andrea? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome, welcome. So this is our first official episode of Set Condition One. Uh, if you've joined us for our introduction last week, you you know kind of what we're about here. But of course, uh, uh, we're going to talk about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Well, before we go out, do we want to do like predictions? Are you from from our first time viewer? Yeah, I is have, that a thing we want to do? Yeah, let's it's do up it. to y'all. But predictions, have, questions. Yeah, I only have I have a couple little things. Um, I our last episode, I said that um, my assumption is that we're going to find out there are some people who are Cylons that we don't realize because you know, they're they're so advanced at this point. Um, my top contender right now is um, the as yet unnamed um, intern kid who's following 
President Rosalind around? Billy. Ooh. Billy. Yeah. Um, who um, I have a theory about Billy that kind of spans, it's sort of outside the scope of this episode, but maybe we'll talk about him and my thoughts on Billy next week. Yeah, we can um, talk about him next week. And um, so I'm suspicious of Billy or anybody who gets lost on a spaceship. Um, and then the other thing is that we, there's a moment early on where Six looks up and she says, uh, about time, I wonder when you get here. Mm. Um, and I don't know who she's talking to yet, right? So that was the like, all of the other stuff I kind of see where they're setting up and have like an idea of where like mm. the beats might move, but that was um, a sort of glaring open-ended thing that I'm curious about. I have my own thoughts of who she might be talking to, but uh, that is so deep in spoiler territory that yeah, let's not uh, go there. We're not going to. Yeah, you and I can't make predictions. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's not allowed. <laughs> Her relationship with what she's calling faith and referring to God, I think, is really interesting and that's the only word i have for it right now because she hasn't given us much but i'm very interested in how uh sort of quote-unquote faith seems to be working in this show too it's awesome excellent well do you have any any uh questions or parting thoughts before we split up the ftl drives no i think um i think i'm ready to to watch the second half of this we're gonna spool up the ftl drives and make the jump to ragnar anchorage and we'll see you there The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look and feel human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again, one last time, listeners, to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I am your host, SC1 Actual Caleb. And joining me from the the beautiful cliffs and wide open plains of well, we're calling it Earth. Is the XO Kitsy? I mean, it is Earth, right? Like that's. It is if we call it that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I Earth is just a dream, right? Exactly. That's how I really feel. Yeah. You're talking about the show, though. Are you? Which Earth? What? What? Who are you, people? Where am I? How oh. did you get? In okay, my Grandpa. House? And uh, planning out our future cabin. <laughs> Is the president of the podcast, the Twelve Colonies, my heart and all our hearts, Andrea? (laughs) (laughs) This is, I feel like I've said every week for the last like three weeks, this is it, but this is, this is really kind of it, huh? This is really it. Listeners, you, we have arrived at the end of our journey, uh, all four seasons of the 2004 sci-fi hit. Reimagined series, Battlestar Galactica. And two movies. And two movies. Two and crossover episodes. And uh, at least one uh, series of webisodes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right. Oh, more more Battlestar Let's... Galactica than I have ever consumed in my life. Uh, largely because there was the, the movies that we hadn't watched. And listen, 
for any of you out there who are like, but there's still more. There's still other series. And, yeah, we know. And, and Don't tweet at us. There's <laughs> another movie. and also, Yeah, we, we are aware. And you know what? We're keeping our options open. Wait, there's we another are. movie? We, uh, there was the, the Blood and Chrome. Blood and Chrome. The one that's set during the, uh, during the first Silent Oh, War. that's right. Okay. Features a uh, young Bill Adama. Yeah. Uh, Husker is call sign. But you knew that. Husker do. Husker do. What what do Husker do? Where was I? We uh, yeah we we're aware that there there's other series and you know we're probably gonna watch them ourselves but uh, we we, well, we we've let's come not, to a, let's not speak for everyone. <laughs> we've come to a point where you know, it's it's time it's time to uh, as the 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 episode title writers of this series would say it's time to lay down our burdens. <laughs> uh, but of course, we couldn't do that without without one more re- revisit to uh, Andrea's Lost Corner. If you think there's not going to be an Andrea's Lost Corner this week, you are insane. I, I I really hope that there is. I'll be disappointed if there's not. There might be more than one. But you know, the, in the first three seasons, we did a season recap and just kind of talked about like what you know, what uh, the the season was like, what we were expecting, uh, uh, you know, upcoming, and of course, we have ended most episodes to date uh, with giving Andrea a chance to to post her her theories, her thoughts, her her concerns and worries, hopes and dreams for the show. But now that all questions have been answered and replaced with new questions, uh, Andrea, let's just dive right in. Tell us now that you now that you've you've seen the whole series and your research embargo is lifted. Where did your brain go first? But before we get there, let me set the scene real quick. Oh, oh, so I think this oh. is important. Uh, this is a Wednesday evening. We are recording this. That is true. We watched and recorded the finale this past Saturday. So it has been what four days. Since mm-hmm. you've since you finished it's Battlestar Galactica, yeah, four days. Yep, and I'm <laughs> I'm only pointing that out because I think it's going to be impressive the amount of research you have already done in those four days. I'm sure. I would imagine so. Yes, uh, it's. It, I'm it's sure not it's a lot. Be, it's not going to be impressive. It's going to be scary because what I'll tell you is, I wasn't ready. I've just been waiting, like not being sure. Like the the what do you call it? I was like paralyzed by. Um, by choice like there's just decision so fatigue. much decision fatigue yeah, but okay. like but but like before i even had made a decision at all it's like they're just the whole world was before me and so i didn't start doing any research until today wow wild i know that's, um that and like, so it's an impressive decompression period now yeah i need i mean i really just kind of sat with it um and so I do have plenty to share, though much of it is surface. It's more of like a walkthrough of where I plan to take okay. myself. Um, but I wanted to start. So what I kind of did was just an overall inventory. And I went back through, like, my Google Drive. And I, I found, I kind of just want to start with this little, I, like, literally went into my drive and just searched Battlestar Galactica to see what kind of stuff I'd started and not finished. Okay. And apparently in between season one and two, I decided I was going to write some sort of recap, um, and I didn't finish it, of course, but I just would like to read the introduction um, to you and our listeners, if anybody. So this this is, spoilers below if you've not finished the first season of Battlestar Galactica. 
Also, quickly, it feels very funny to be looking back on this, even though it's only a year and a half, right, of our our lives. It feels so much longer. And I was listening to um, the final episode of Battlestar Galacticast, Trisha Helfer and Mark Bernardin's. um, Yeah, yeah, I jumped right to the last one. And listening to them talk about it, it sounded just like us. Just them being (laughs) like, like not quite ready to go, but not believing that it's only been this long. It had actually been so long and just like that kind of weird. Anyway, so um, they finished the year before us, December of 2020. Anyway, um, today I learned that the total runtime from the first second of the miniseries through whatever is the very last moment of Battlestar Galactica, which I've now seen, is 63 hours, 29 minutes, and 40 seconds. Currently on second, Right? <laughs> Currently on Second Edition 1, our Night Shift Radio Battlestar Galactica fan cast, we're between seasons 1 and 2. Since I'm a newcomer to the series, this means that of those 63 hours, 29 minutes, and 40 seconds, I have watched, according to some internet person's math, 11 hours, 8 minutes, and 15 seconds of this show. Um... That's the hour, that's one day, whatever, that's including, sorry, that's including the miniseries um, plus the hours for season one. By my calculations, this means I have 52 hours, 21 minutes, and 25 <laughs> seconds to go before I've watched the series from start to finish, which we've done. Some more math. Our second edition one pilot episode aired on June 9th, and our recap episode aired just last week, September 22nd. Between our pilot and our recap episode, 112 days have passed. We're looking at 52-ish hours of BSG left to go, and if we keep clipping along at this this pace, approximately one hour every 10 days, this means we've got some 500-ish days left to finish this remarkable show. On the one hand, I can't believe nearly a third of the year has passed under our feet as we've yelled into microphones about the, and this is where I <laughs> I put the blah and the blah because I had not decided what I was going to highlight. On the other hand, I don't know how I'll make it another year and a half practicing this kind of restraint. I'll do it, of course. I'm a sucker for rules. And I did it. I did it. I did it. You we're, did. All, we're all very proud of you. Thank you so much. Um, and so if we could take the next hour of you to just telling me how proud of me you actually are, that would be great. <laughs> I actually would like to to call attention that uh, not only are we extremely proud of you because we we got to to witness this, uh, but you have a lot of people convinced that like that there's no possible way that you could have gone through the whole series without without peaking because you got so many things right. <laughs> what say you to that? <laughs> Answer honestly, for yourself. <laughs> honestly. Um, Like, this is the boring answer, but it's because I was an English major for 500 years and an English teacher, and I read and teach stories for a living, you know? like Yeah, that's uh, the tracks. (laughs) That's all it is, is is that. And I have ADHD, which means I was hyper-focused on a show where I could do no research, so all I could do was think about what I already knew. (laughs) And, I mean, those those are the answers. Um, Yeah. Research in your own memories. Honestly. Um, <laughs> and there's the only thing my memory is good at keeping track of, and really not that good, as our listeners know, is is uh, the media I consume. So um, let's all remind everybody, though, that I did know Anders was a Cylon immediately. The pyramid player? The, the Cylon? The musician? <laughs> all of the above. Let me. He's know, a real some, renaissance man, that yeah, Sam Anders. That's right. Something I haven't asked you to in all this time is what is it? What was it like just generally revisiting this show this way? Because I think neither of you had watched it as it aired, right? So you'd only no. ever been able to binge it. You'd never had to slow down and watch it this way. Accurate. 
Yeah, because when I was first introduced to it, um, I had I'd known about the show, but I didn't watch it until Kitsy and I first lived together. And Kitsy, you owned on on Apple TV, right? You you owned the, the series, uh, I think? Yeah, let's say owned. Owned is a owned. good word. Let's you say had that. possession of? Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> Which... I had acquired by a means the episodes <laughs> of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first introduction, and then uh, Ellen, who our listeners will have heard me reference throughout the year, and if you yeah, if somehow missed that, that's my my wife with whom I live. You're married. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that happened recently though. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like, like it was like seven years ago. It was like so okay. super super recent. Well, that's why well, I, don't I wasn't. <laughs> um, I can't believe I wasn't invited. She uh, can't believe I wasn't invited. She also kind of got got hooked on it a, a little bit, and we ended up uh, buying the series ourselves and rewatching it a couple of times. So yeah, it's always been that like, oh, here's this show. It's it's done start to finish. You can just watch all the way through. Uh, and so uh, I've never had to treat it as a show that's airing weekly. Uh, and not only that, it had been several years since my last watch through. So between right. just plain not remembering things and then having it drawn <laughs> out and having to think like, what's happening next? I know, I know a thing that's happening eventually, <laughs> but, but I don't when? remember if that's next or if that's like the very end or somewhere well, and else. Especially with the way this show kind of unfolds, I could see keeping track of what you learn when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. So I don't think I've watched the show in its entirety since Caleb and I watched it together that first time. Oh, wow. That's fucking wild. Yeah, I've definitely gone back and revisited it time and time again and watched it a bit. Um, but I've never gone the whole way through again. Um, I think in part because to go the whole way through, you have to start with the miniseries, and that's kind of a commitment. Um, yeah, and, that makes sense. You know, it's it's that's a, a bit hard for me to sit down and watch. Uh, especially when I know I just want to get to like the badass stuff that happens in like seasons one and two, and and uh, I mean, I, okay, realistically, yeah, you could start at season one if you wanted to. It's fine. No one's going to stop you. There's no po- Battlestar Galactica police. The Cylons aren't going to raid your house. <laughs> yeah. I hope. Yeah, correct. Um, it's just Daryl. Just he's <laughs> watch Darryl's it. Are- watch the miniseries. Watch it. <laughs> Daryl seems like the kind that would show up at your house specifically to serve you a, a DMCA. Uh, <laughs> violation. <laughs> he sounds like that kind of guy, doesn't he? But yeah, so so I I remembered roughly the the major plot and like who all the Cylons were, but I, you know, especially by the time we got to season four, I did not remember like episode to episode what was going to happen, and so a lot yeah. of it was like, oh yeah, that happens, and like oh right, I forgot about that. So. Um, you know, by the time we got to season four, I feel like I was kind of watching it for the first time along with you because I it had been so long since I'd done it, and yeah. like the only thing I knew for sure was that we were we were getting to Earth, and mm-hmm. it was going to be fifteen one hundred fifty thousand years in our past or whatever. Um, so that's the the only thing I knew, and it was like I forget how we get there and why and when and and what happens, and I knew the I knew the thing with Starbuck. Obviously, that was a big thing to remember, but like. Yeah, uh, just the episode episode stuff was a lot of it was like, oh yeah, that's when this happens. And and uh, listeners who've been with us since near the beginning, 
You'll remember that early on, I got really excited about a ship whose name I like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out we didn't actually get the name of that ship until season four, even though it featured heavily in an episode in season one, yeah. uh, and I was uh, very dismayed that it took so long to get to the name of the ship, and that is the Heat Take On, of course, everyone's favorite yeah. ship, the Heat Take On, the uh, fuel refinery ship, and uh, so yeah, obviously I did not remember as much of the show as I kind of thought I would. Uh, which actually was nice. Um, it was yeah. it was really cool to be able to go back through and be surprised mm-hmm. by things that were happening um, throughout the series. Well, and Andrea, uh, one of the videos that I sent you uh, to help uh, encourage your, your research was one that I had uh, stumbled across uh, early on. Um, well, fairly early on, I guess. It was probably about a year ago because I remember finding it standing here at this desk shortly after moving into this house. So probably roughly a year ago. <clears throat> But it's uh, basically like the series in eight minutes, just like the the uh, overarching lore and like major like primary plot points compressed into eight minutes. And I watched through that, and because I I also remembered a lot of the like the major plot points, but like I was specifically trying to remember. All right, and like not only like who are the Cylons, but like how did they get from. Cobble to Earth to the colonies Cobble. to Earth again. Yes, thank you. Uh, and like, how like how does the the time stuff work? And uh, I remember that that playing early on in um, in your conjectures about like, oh, it feels like they're playing with time. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I remember that there was a massive time jump, uh, but I couldn't remember exactly like how that played out. Uh, and so I, I watched through that video, and that set the, the tone for me. But I still, with each episode. Uh, there was very rarely one that I would just remember start to finish. Like, I, like I know all this. I know exactly what's going to happen. I'd be surprised by at least something in almost every episode. I, I love that. That's so, that's very fun. I wonder, you know, the comparison I have for this is is Lost, right? Like, um, we we know that. And Wait, we need the Lost I Corner theme song. Like, boom. Thank you. And I feel you're welcome. Um, and I feel like. I know that show. Like, I watched it when it aired. I binged it very shortly thereafter with a friend of mine. Um, And it's one of my comfort shows, though I haven't, like, watched an episode just, like, one-off in a few years, Um, which is is strange because it was, for me, just, like, one of my go-tos. But I have it in my head that if I rewatched it, I would know every beat as it happened, and I wonder if that's true. I might have to find out. It's interesting. I am... They really screwed us with... Starbuck, by the way. The yeah. more I've been thinking about it since Saturday, Let's like I, I was fine. It's the sh- it's the Viper that really pisses me off. Raptor, which one is hers? Viper. Viper. Viper's right because Raptor mm-hmm. sounds mm-hmm. like the noise a helicopter makes. That's higher. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But because uh, the like Starbuck is an instrument of God, whatever we're calling God, blah blah blah. Fine. Like it, I think it's a lazy for a sci-fi show um but fine but her viper can't i mean i guess it can be an instrument of god but like that was like a physical i don't know it just feels like it that more the more i think about it feels like they set something up they weren't sure what to do with her Mm -hmm. and so they just kind of lumped her in and i think that's for a character that they set up so like really made it feel like there was something that was going to happen there for her just to kind of, I mean, they disappeared her. They just disappeared her at the end is is so unfair. Well, especially the fact, I'm I'm glad you brought this up because I was also, I remember watching the series originally very disappointed by this 
the way this wrapped up. And also, um, this time around through again, I found I was still disappointed. I was hoping I would see something on another watch through that would, you know, make it make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I 100% agree with you. I think they did just like introduce this thing and they weren't really sure where they were going with it. And then they got to the end, they were like, oh, fuck. Uh, we gotta, we gotta do something with this. Kind of like yeah. how they wrote in that, um, that one Cylon that they had to uh, yeah. explain away because they gave Sharon the yep. the number eight early, and then the final five became a thing. And it was like, well, how can she be eight if there's only seven? And mm-hmm. so, well, and the thing about, so go ahead, sorry. Uh, I I was gonna make a point. Now I forgot what it was. Uh, um, that that Starbuck is like that of of you were saying yeah yeah it's just because like we got an explanation for what um you know well explanation ish for what head six and head Baltar were enough and yeah. whether you like it or not they they are it angels yes. they are in service of whatever God is on this show he doesn't Starbuck- like it when you call him that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does he say I, either? Does he, does he say he there? Does he he say it? It it doesn't it doesn't like being called. It doesn't like that name. Yes, that's what it was. That, it doesn't I mean, like yeah. that name, um, which is I would love to know what it is. Um, maybe well, maybe it's the viper that Starbuck flew back to. Uh, could be anything. Yeah, and I am okay with with ambivalent endings. I do not need everything spelled out. I don't. Well, yeah, because you, you watched cannot... Lost and you loved it. So obviously, <laughs> exactly. You cannot bong. You cannot. I guess you can because they did. But they just set up so many things that they acted as if they knew. Like there are questions on this show, and there are questions on Lost that were clear mysteries for the show throughout and it like yeah but there's so many things set up in this show that felt like they knew and we were supposed to be figuring it out along like while we watched Mm -hmm. and that they were going to lead us to some resolution and they just didn't starbuck especially starbuck is the one that's really sticking for me yeah i will always wonder how much of this was uh you know victim to the the rider strike and Mm -hmm. like maybe important pieces didn't get written out or like important plot points didn't get fleshed out even though the show ended after the the writer strike was was over it was it still, still impacted by it mm-hmm. right well and the same thing with with lost is that the show creators had a finite series in mind the mm-hmm. you know the network and the producer said no you've got to add however many seasons and then the writer strike happened it was like well we've already we've started planting these seeds for these storylines that we weren't invested in telling in the first place. And now we don't have the resources to tell them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then we still have to wrap the show up and it, it suffered for that. And it's possible that, you know, and I'm sure that in my a writer strike is not at the top of my research list right now, though it, I'm sure. sure I'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so I can't say for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. I will say what I found today. And I don't know if this is something you two knew and just haven't told me or, or what, but do you know how the final five came about? Like what made um, Ronald D. Moore decide? No, uh, I don't think I do know that. So that finale was just supposed to be the trial. Um, the whole season finale was supposed to focus on Baltar's trial. And they were like in the writer's room and Ronald Moore was like, I don't think it's enough. Like, I just don't think there's a big enough thing here. What if we find out that five of our humans who I 
been writing as human, not with it in the mind that they would be Cylons, we decide that we're going to say five of them are Cylons and we'll give everybody four of them and then leave that one a mystery. So like they, it was all, it all had to be retrofitted. It wasn't like, yeah. So Anders wasn't a Cylon when you first heard about him. (laughs) I mean, he's, he was a Cylon all along. So so basically what you're saying is, Andrea knew Anders was a Cylon before the show even knew Anders was a Cylon. Yes. Yeah. We <laughs> love that. Makes me even more angry. Yeah. 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 Good. That, that makes me happy. So I, I would agree with you to a large extent that the, the thing with Starbuck felt incomplete with how big of a deal they made of it. I, I wouldn't dispute that at all. Uh, what I think the difference for me this time around was in previous watch-throughs, I remember being really, like, confused and left wanting and, like, just not understanding what the point of the whole, like, all of the mysticism was. Uh, and this time around, and I don't know if maybe maybe in past watches I had, like, literally missed episodes. Like, we, we've talked, like, I've missed entire uh, scenes that were important because I, you know, watched a different version, things like that. I don't know. But this time around, I just accepted the mysticism and leaned into it. And when it got to, like... Oh, yeah, uh, Six and Baltar are both seeing uh, angels that are mimicking the other. And Starbucks probably a ghost. Whatever. It's fine. And <laughs> I think this time around, me. I literally just accepted it. And, like, didn't like, – I, I, I did find myself, like, okay, like, he, like any moment now we're going to get to the point where I'm just like, yeah, like, this just doesn't work. Like, what the fuck's going on? But that point never happened this time around. That's so funny. Like, yeah. and usually that's me. In fact – I don't want this episode to just be me reading things that I have written in the past that weren't actually for the show. I but, do. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but we could also do that. Um, but I'm scrolling back to find it now. I told everybody last week that I had written a big, long post before the finale of Lost. Oh, yeah. And it was actually before the penultimate episode. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it is a long. But um, Will but I will it on the blog? I th- I, th- I think so. Yeah, it's yes. a little embarrassing. I mean, it's t- eleven. It's going on twelve years old now. But but what do I care? It's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So I I don't know how much of this is gonna um, how much background people will need for this. So I'm not gonna give a ton. Um, I would say skip ahead about forty five seconds to a minute if you're really trying to avoid loss spoilers at this point because this is a big one. Um, but in the there's a tunnel or like an underground, like sort of like weird tunnel thing that holds the key to a lot of the mysteries and lost in this, in the season, the final season. And again, it's been a long time since I've watched it. So I don't really remember what, what's happening there exactly, but there's an episode where they kind of pause and you, you get a lot of flashback stuff and that, that penultimate episode. And so I wrote a, bunch of stuff but the one I want to share now is like this is me 11 years ago approaching a show like this and so the fact that Starbuck is so frustrating for me I think is a surprise and usually I'm you in this situation Caleb so I'm still not sure why like what it is about Starbuck but 
So I wrote, okay, um, anyway, then a lot of other things happen, some of which I like, some of which I'm indifferent toward, but all of which I understand the necessity of, even if they didn't always work for me. Thing is, I like the episode, but I do understand why everyone's so annoyed. I understand why some would feel that, oh, look, it's a magic tunnel, don't ask questions is a cop-out. But sometimes it's good enough just to have something we can point to, even if it doesn't really tell us all that much. This is the cause. This is why we're here. If you need to know how the tunnel got here, who made it and why, then you're kind of asking who God is. And at that point, your answer might as well be God is a magic tunnel. Um, because what's the difference? I guess for people who signed up for a sci-fi show, Battlestar Galactica, um, mm-hmm. there's problems with answers that lean more toward the straight-up fantasy side. If you can't get past the idea that not everything can be explained away by science, which in Lost, the Lost writers originally said it could be. They were very, that was like a thing. Um uh, if you can't get past the idea that not everything can be explained away by science, which they originally said it would be, then you can't be happy with their current explanations. But if, like me, you're okay with it, then you don't need an answer beyond magic tunnel because it's a magic goddamn tunnel. Um, and I feel like Starbucks is a magic goddamn tunnel in this. And I, for some reason, it just doesn't See, I think that's doesn't work for me. I think I know why it doesn't work. Um, because... In Lost, you didn't spend four seasons <laughs> getting, to know, the getting to know the magic tunnel and it being like one of your favorite characters <laughs> and having a backstory. Right. And then suddenly it was like, oh, it's just a goddamn tunnel. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of what it felt like with Starbuck is like, I felt like, you know, like Katie Sackhoff is such a great actress and True. does such a, uh, a, a great performance of Starbuck and Starbuck's such a great character. And has such a great backstory and a great arc, and and then at the end to just be like, eh, is kind of some, it, some things are better left unexplained, and it's just like, mm, but this isn't one of them. Yeah, that's not one of them, bud. So yeah, I think that's why I think like like if that had been if that had been Hilo, even right, right, we'd have been like, right. okay, yeah, all right, sure, Hilo, whatever. But like, Hilo would have been great because. He was just there to support and get everybody where they needed to go. And yeah. it was really like, and it's he like, like I've served angel. my purpose and he goes away. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like they could have done that to just about any other character except maybe mm-hmm. like, you know, Adama or uh or President Roslin or Baltar, like anybody else they could have done that to, and it would have been right. like, okay. But for some reason with her, it's just like, no, she deserved a better ending than that. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and and we deserved a better ending than that for her as, as viewers and, and enjoyers of the show, I think. Mm-hmm. All I can think about now is Hilo saying, I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> and then he just and slowly say- ascends. But, like, it takes forever. So he's just making eye contact <laughs> the whole time. But he's not talking. And you're just watching him. It's like, okay, Bye. <laughs> Bye. And he's like, yep, slowly ascending up. <laughs> so I was just taking a, a look to see um, the, the plot of... There There was a, a second set of webisodes that was called The Face of the Enemy. Uh, and that actually was set about midway through season four. Oh, yeah, we were supposed um, to watch that. And I was supposed to make that happen and then fucking forgot. It's all right. We there was there was That's a lot fine. going on in this, but I was looking to see like, is there anything in this possibly that maybe like, like kind of th- thinking again about shows like Lost and Heroes and other shows from this time period, how they did all these multimedia like crossover tie-in shit, like secret websites and like a code on a cereal box and like you know a USB port that you accidentally stub your toe on and it uploads data into your brain, uh, you know, shit like that. Uh, Sorry, what? <laughs> all but what? <laughs> But that, that never happened to you? No. Oh, I guess that was just me. Uh, but apparently it's mostly just kind of a, uh, 
like humanizing the enemy sort of thing. It's, it's after the, the humans and Cylons discover the, the ruins of Earth and then they're, they're running missions together and it's like Hoshi and some eights and there's tensions and Gata overdoses on Morpha and like, you know, all of these things. Yeah, you remember Gata? Yeah. I haven't seen the face of the enemy, so I don't know for sure if this is true, but I, someone told me that there, apparently there's a subplot in there that uh, reveals that Hoshi and Gata were in a relationship. Uh, maybe. Hmm. Yes. Uh, oh. Accompanied by Pilot Racetrack, they discuss Hoshi and Gata's romantic relationship, the perception of Gata's moral character, and fading hope of finding survivors. Hoshi getting more of a personality and us yeah. learning about him, that would have been nice. And that, yeah. Also, like. I always liked Hoshi enough, right? I think we, so. Hoshi, as much as he didn't give us much to dislike, right? Yeah, he was just a dependable background character. Mm-hmm. He didn't really get much until the very end. And I feel like even like that bringing him to the forefront when the, the Admiral hands the, the, the reins to him uh, when they go on the rescue mission probably would have made more sense if we knew a little bit more about Ho- yeah. Hoshi. Like, him being in a relationship with Gaeta, no, that doesn't make a difference on the plot, but, like, us getting to know him at all would have made a difference. Definitely. Right, right. I think, I think the, the real logical choice would have been to make Hilo the admiral, but, yeah. there's, but there's no way they were going on that rescue mission for Hera and Hilo wasn't coming. So, yeah, exactly. obviously, that wasn't going to work. Yeah. Um, but I, but I'm, I'm sure that was probably something in the writers' room. They're like, let's make Hilo the Admiral. I was like, well, we can't because you know he's got to go on that mission. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think like who else would th- would would they have passed the Admiralty on to? And I can't think of anyone. Like who was left? Like, I feel like all the ho- all the major players went on the mission. Yeah. Like the honestly the the next ranking officer might have been Sherman Cottle. I would have Oh my god. Admiral, Admiral Cottle, Cottle even for a day. Yeah. He would be so bad at that. Well, would he talking... be worse than Ty? He'd be a different kind of bad. <laughs> Fair. He he yeah. wouldn't He definitely wouldn't declare martial law. I can tell you that much right now. What? Huh? Declare what? what? Oh nothing. Who declared martial law? Did you no, say no, huh? no, no, no? That's not. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. No, no. I, right. I could have sworn you said martial law. No, yeah, I, what, no. I, what I said was no one would ever declare martial law because the old man wouldn't have it. That's right. Damn that's, right. That's what I said. Absolutely. Don't forget it. And if you rewind the tape, it'll show that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Please don't rewind the tape. Uh, yeah, Coddle. I just. I think he'd be bad at it just because. That's like he, he doesn't he doesn't want that right like he would never want that position, mm-hmm. and you know he he wants to fix people and help people and 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 be a doctor, and yeah he, I just don't think he would go well I think he would be no. I think he'd be overwhelmed and in over his head, but, and uh, very and in a very different way than Ty was. Um, it would be like when they brought up the the chief engineer from the Pegasus or whoever <laughs> exactly. it was, and he just like didn't fucking know what he was doing he in might have command. Supposed to be here today, but like you know, down in the engine rooms, he was like on top of everything. Right. Like, yeah, but even that, well, I feel like that still went like it's at least a. I, I feel like that one even still went like disasterly bad, whereas Cottle would just, uh, I don't know, I don't know I'm how to explain tr- the difference in my head, but in, in my head, it's different. 
I understand. Yeah. While we're talking about Coddle, there's a moment in the series finale that we talked about briefly, but I'd like to, while we have the time. Sure. Um, uh, so the moment I'm thinking of is when it's Baltar, Coddle, Ty, and Adama, and they're all, yes. you know, surveilling the, the the land. And it's such a perfect, like, the reason that I love Ty, Adama, and Coddle, and the reason the three of them are still here at the end, and the reason they're the three you want if you've got, you know, and the thing that, that Baltar has always been missing is they're, like, in the middle of this, it's a, it's stressful in that they don't know for sure that this is where they're going to end up. They've just come off the tail end of some really tragic, horrifying things. They mm-hmm. finally got a minute to breathe. And the first thing they do is, is make a joke. Mm-hmm. And Baltar's like not sure what to do <laughs> with that. And it's something we've talked about, especially with, with Ty and Adama so often is that like, they know that you can't like, you have to have that outlet. Right. Yeah. Um, even, even and especially at the most stressful of times. And it just, it felt so good to see them just in that green grass with that blue sky, like being able to still be themselves. But in this, it just it was such a, a, really one of my favorite moments of the whole series, I think. And just and ribbing on Baltar. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. For being yep. just basically equivalent. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Just so oh, good. Now, now I want a Letterkenny Battlestar crossover oh episode. My god, oh my god, that would be so good. So good. I'm not sure what that would even look like, but you were looking for a new planet with your pals the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Caleb knows exactly what it would look like. So uh, on my new favorite uh, website that I retroactively wish had been here the whole time, I mean, by been here, I mean it was, and I just didn't know about it, um, battlestarwiki.org, mm-hmm. uh, there's some great little uh, did you know fun facts ooh, ooh. Uh, that I think are interesting. One in particular that we actually were discussing, I think literally just last week or you know, during the, the finale episode, um, apparently... Ronald Moore did confirm that the 12 colonies are actually 12 planets circling four stars in the same. Uh, this says four stars in the same solar system. So that's a typo. So probably four stars within like a, like a stellar cluster or something like that. Right. Yeah. Huh. Because I don't think that you can have four stars. Like, I don't think you can have a, like a quaternary system. I don't think that that's possible. If, if it is, that would I be mean, like, that would explain a lot about how the, the colonies were formed so close to each other and possibly answer some of the like you know, questions about whether or not they would use interstellar travel <clears throat> uh, like FTL. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I mean, we, we confirmed that trinary systems are a thing because that was a thing in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that, that was a, a typo, but yeah, essentially 12 planets within a relative proximity to each other. So they're not like, uh, so according to Wikipedia, Okay. You actually can have a quaternary star system. Okay. Um, and we actually know of at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, and they actually go up to uh, septenary. Mm, interesting. And there's we know of two of those. So apparently a, a quaternary star system is actually not, well, probably not common, uh, sure. is is certainly within the realm of possibility and we have real world examples of them so okay so maybe that's not a typo in which case that that is a really fascinating image and i kind of w- i want to see that like visualize like how do those orbits yeah, me too. and like how close would they actually be that's that's the kind of uh content that i want um 
that uh, apparently the the um, uh, slur skin jobs in reference to the humanoid Cylons is is in fact a reference to uh, Blade Runner, which uh, Edward oh. James almost was also in. Yes, he was. Oh, fun. You know who else was in that? Harrison Ford. That's true. And Harrison Ford was also in Star Wars. That is also true. Yes. 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 Um, the uh, you the know who else was in Star Wars? A lot of people. Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop now. <laughs> because you got to be careful. We'll go over our, our number of references to other shows and That's we'll get canceled. True. Oh, shit. You're right. We don't oh, want to get canceled no. now. <laughs> yeah. Of all times, we don't want to be canceled now. My my uh, my intention there was to try and go all the way back around to Battlestar Galactica, and then I realized I had no idea how to do that. <laughs> that that might have been difficult, unless you could somehow get to Richard Hatch or Dean Stockwell. Or... Literally anyone else. Was Mark Hamill ever in Quantum Leap? I feel like that's the thing that might have happened. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> There's got to be an app for that. So I was thinking about this when I was uh, when I was walking Penelope the other day. Um, did we ever on the show openly admit to how the uh, the um, pilot episode happened? No. I don't think we did, did we? We have not. No, 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 we haven't. Oh, so fun fact for the listeners <laughs> here on, on the final episode. Uh, the it's pilot so episode, as, as you know it, uh, almost didn't happen. <laughs> and I say that because uh, even though at, at that point uh, I had been involved in, in podcasting for a, a couple of years and had been doing... Uh, other shows like every week I had like had my setup down somehow when I when I sat down to record the very first uh, pilot episode of second edition one I did so with my uh, my audio input source being my webcam uh, which is if you've ever done that it's not great to begin with no. and in fact I, I would I would go so far as to say that it's bad uh, it, it sounds bad uh, and it's it's not it's not the quality that that we strive for here at Night Shift Media, especially for uh, a you also had episode. something in the, in the background that was making so much noise too. That would be the laundry. That's that right. Was running yes. like a foot away from the camera. Yeah, you know how you should definitely do your laundry while you record your podcast. I say as my laundry is actually going right now, but um, but uh, it, listeners, I I tried to save it. It was unlistenable. Do you have that audio anywhere? Probably. Uh, if you find it, send it to me. me. I'll drop some in here. Okay. Kits, Kitsy messaged me and said, Caleb, your audio is absolutely unusable. What happened? And I was like, I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Because in, in my I'm mind, a professional. I, all of the settings were right. And all of my, like, I, I had touched nothing. It was ready to go. And then I listened to it. I was like, that's my fucking webcam. <laughs> I was doing laundry that day. <laughs> so I... Uh, the the options were were pretty narrow. Like we we could have tried to re-record the entire episode, but at that point, Andrea, I think you had li- watched at least the the first one because we were mm-hmm. we were trying to like quickly start getting some episodes banked for our upcoming release. Uh, and also, it just wouldn't have felt the same. Like yeah. we wouldn't have recaptured yeah. that that authenticity of that the, the the conversations that we had that day. Or so I could do, try Caleb? to record my audio again. And so I, I started out with this idea of like, okay, well, I'll just, I will listen to what I, what I said. I'll stop and I'll just, I'll repeat it back. And I did that for like the first handful of lines. I was like, this, like, 
this is not sustainable for the length of this mm-hmm. episode. I cannot do this. So that would I take you all day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally just started speaking along with the audio and like magically, because my brain doesn't work like this, magically started remembering everything that I had said and take like feeding off the cues that I got in response back from uh, the two of you and remembering the things that were funny. And like, turns out they were still funny. So all of the laughs are genuine. Like I'm, I'm legitimately it, thinking like, oh yeah, that was funny. I like that. <laughs> it sounds, it's impressive. In fact, I went back to re-listen to it. Not, uh, you know, like... Maybe after, like, season two or something just to, like, see how far we'd come, you know? And I forgot that that was the issue. And the only thing is there's, like, some pacing where I I remember listening and being like, oh, there's, like, I don't remember us pausing between. And it's just because, like, editing that was tricky, right? Yeah. um, But I completely forgot that you are (laughs) basically talking to yourself. It's and amazing. What's funny is that that works so well that that's how we've done every episode since. <laughs> every since. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I just don't record. Uh-huh. And then like, I listen back and I just, oh, yeah, and I just start talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what a nightmare that would be. Yeah, that, that had to be very weird for you, having a conversation with two people that were pre-recorded and have it like actually flow like a real conversation. It was very weird. It reminds mm-hmm. me of that Doctor Who episode. Oh, yes. You know the one? Yes, where he's he pre-records. It's I think it's the the don't blink. blink. It's blink. Yeah, yeah. It is. Where he pre-records oh, right, right, right. all of these like things in the front of like DVDs and uh, yeah, and it's like this weird like you know conversation about that, that he's having with someone that's not there, and then like the yeah, that must have been what that felt like. Kind A of. little bit, yeah. yeah. I, like that's very I've, funny. I've seen that that the type of. Uh, concept is done a couple times in in tv and film and it's really fucking fascinating when it's done right you know when they later have the reveal and it lines up and you hear both Mm -hmm. sides or you know someone starts talking and the pre-recorded voice starts responding like and i always i always enjoy that i never thought that i would actually like do that yep well you did you done did it (laughs) impressively so the pilot was saved the pilot was saved uh not only that we were able to launch in time so that our episode on bastille day literally launched on bastille day in in the real world which was uh pretty pretty pretty, Mm -hmm. uh fun and timing but that also meant that serendipitously over the uh the course of the last year and a half that we've been doing this as we've uh, like bumped out and had like a bonus episode here and there, like bringing in, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Pumpkins uh, or, right. you know, doing the, the crossover with, uh, with never heard of it. Uh, the, those two episodes uh, or, you know, when we did the webinar uh, webisodes, basically all of these things like felt in place perfectly that uh, our final episode lines up with the, the final week of the year uh and you know we we started this like smack in the middle of, of 2020 and are closing out 2021 so crazy what is like fucking wild wild journey andrea other than the uh starbucks kind of lack of real closure uh do you have anything that really stands out as like a, a big surprise takeaway was there anything that was disappointing anything that you uh you wished had gone differently? I'm going to edit out this long pause while I try to think about 
Oh, Caleb, if you're if you're heading downstairs, oh, do you, do you want me to grab you something from the basement? Yeah, do you mind? Do you have any ginger ale on there? I don't know why ginger ale. <laughs> One of my favorite things has been the visual comedy on this podcast. Um, so, the on, on, you know what? When you ask that question, the fact that all I can really think of is Starbucks, and it's possible it's because my brain is broken, and there are a lot of things I wish had gone differently. I just can't think of them right now. Um, but if really my biggest issue is Starbucks, that's that's not too bad, right? I think any that whole anything like tied up with that, I I'm gonna go back to Lost again. One of the things that I have compared, I have been tracing between the two shows is this um, sort of competition or tension between science and faith. Lost, yeah. it is very clear, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's literally an episode called Man of Science, Man of Faith. You know, there's Locke is the man of faith, and Jack is the man of science. He's the doctor. Um, I, I mean, I guess. Like, like, I think in the first episode, they're playing backgammon, which is a game where the tiles are black and white. Like, it's really spelled out. I think it's less so on on this show, but we've we've seen it all along, right? Like, Adama versus, like, Starbuck with her, um, those her, like, praying to her gods and whatever and and then all of that gets collapsed which i think has been really interesting with this show that it all along like you start out thinking cylons bad humans good maybe cylons science humans faith maybe but then that flips and there's no clear distinction on either side and i think that's really impressive i wish they had spent because then at the end of the day battlestar galactica the answer is faith it has to be because God, whatever you call it, we'll call it God because that's what um, doesn't like uh, that name. <laughs> that's what that's what Baltar says. Baltar's the one who says God, right? Yes. And six says I think okay. six, oh, no, says God. six says God, and Baltar says, you know, it doesn't like that name. Yeah. Okay. So so and then there, Baltar science six faith. Except at the end, you find out Baltar also faith because he becomes the like. So, and again, that's all very complicated in a way that I think is very interesting, except then at the end, it just kind of all fizzles out. I would have liked for that tension to remain, I yeah. think, is is how I feel. Um, and I, I do it, still very much want to follow through on the idea of getting uh, a either practicing or former Mormon who understands the, the faith well enough to like make the parallels for us sometime. I, I should say for... Um, for um, uh, Boston, um, Gablin, our, 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 our dear, wonderful um, listener and, and off contributor, pointed out on Twitter that apparently those parallels are much more pronounced in the original series. Okay. Um, so, and, and, you know, obviously, like, there's some, like, there's carryover right between the original and the and the reboot, so I'm sure some of those themes still do show up. Yeah. Um, but I'd still be interested to to see. I mean, there's definitely other elements of faith. In fact, one of the um, I have I sent uh, to Slack two screenshots of what my Dropbox Battlestar yes. folder looks like. It is just chock full of articles. Like I was so excited to jump back into the like academic um, research and in my databases. Databases is that right? Um, and yes. there's one there's one that I haven't had a chance to read yet, but it's called, and I will edit out this big break. It's called something like This Show is about religion. And then it's like religious 
symbolism or something like that in Lost and Battlestar Galactica. And it's about the finales um, and, like, listeners being frustrated by... Here's Okay, here's the title. It's an yeah. article called, This Show Was Religious, Online Reactions to Religion in the Lost and Battlestar Galactica Finales. Yes. Um, and it's about that, like, do we? Is it? <laughs> was it the whole time or not? Um, and I think that's very... Since you've yeah. pointed out the... Uh the connection with the original series that makes me wonder if most of what people uh, think of when they talk about the being a heavy Mormon influence is on the original series and that Ronald D. Moore and company uh, carried some aspects of that. But uh, because uh, we see like so many like, like variations on faith throughout the show, I wonder if mm-hmm. they just took that idea and made it more broadly uh, faith based because we have obviously the the monotheistic religion of the Cylons that we know came from from Caprica through the original centurions uh, to the the current Cylons, <clears throat> but somehow that also ties in with these angels and with whatever happens with Starbuck. But then there's the polytheism of the colonies and like where did that diverge and like how did that start and uh, it, it makes me wonder because like a lot of this didn't necessarily feel full-on Mormon. But some of the aspects from, and this is, you know, being totally fair, like, I, I don't know a, a ton about how the, the Mormon faith, but I know there are aspects of that pilgrimage, you know, across the, the U.S. with their, their prophets, like, guided by uh, a prophecy, but, you know, guided by these scriptures. Uh, and so there, there are elements of that for sure in Battlestar, uh, in the, the Reimagined series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that disappointed me on the watch on the on the rewatch is I remember them utilizing some of the Cylons a lot more than they actually did. Yeah. You know, like I feel like we got a lot of Six and a lot of Sharon mm-hmm. and you know, once he was introduced, we got a lot of Cavill, but like Leoben, Doral, Simon, they barely used them. That's mm-hmm. true. Well, and Leoben is one who was set up. I thought we were going to get more from him for sure. Yeah, I mean, he was real heavy in the first uh, first couple seasons. And I think after New Caprica, it just kind of fizzled out, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, kind of a bummer. Because, like, I feel like they, those were all great characters and could have been, you know, used a lot, a lot more and a lot better, I think. One thing that I do think is is really interesting about the lack of use, I guess, of a, a character like Leoben is you see a lot, entirely too much in media where there is a uh, a female presenting character that largely exists to uh, propel the man onto greatness. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty like standard action hero trope. Yeah. Uh, but in a lot of ways, that's flip-flopped here where you have Leoben, who really seems to only exist to show us how cool and how important yeah. Kara is supposed to be. Yeah, which, that's a good point. Not that she needs it, but just having that additional, like, yeah. oh, my God, you got to check out my girl Kara. Look how great <laughs> she is, <laughs> sort of thing. Like, very much cheerleading her. I think, too, I know on the first, what, my first watch through, I was disappointed with the reveal of the final five. Um. I like I thought the fact that they gave us all four at once in such a I still don't like the way they did it. It's just like there's a song and now we're all Cylons. Like I feel like they could have done something better than that. Um 
And I I don't love the choices they made either. Like I I think uh, I think I was I was mad about Tyrrell the first time because he was my favorite character. I was like, there's no fucking way he's a Cylon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I kind of I on this watch though I like him being a Cylon. I think it's it's good for his his story and his character. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think Ty being a Cylon makes perfect sense and is great. Um, I think uh, Anders being a Cylon is is fine and good. Um, I didn't like Tori Inevitable. being a Cylon last time, and I didn't like it this time either. I just don't feel like she was interesting or strong enough as a character to have been so important. And even after the final five are revealed, she's the one that gets the least, like, you know, what she's just there to, like, complain and, you know, argue with the others. And it's like, come on, you guys, y'all could have done something better than that. Um, one thing that I was not expecting is I really disliked Ellen Ty being the, the final Cylon the first time through. Mm-hmm. This time through, I loved it. Um, I thought it made a whole lot of sense. The fact that like she was the the mastermind behind all of the resurrection and everything, yeah. and then like be- I remember at first thinking like, well, if, there's no way she's she could have been like that because look how she was the whole series. But you know when you really look at it through like the lens of of hindsight, it's like well that's because Cavill implanted such you know deep programming in her to make her you know, not that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And she had to be so like, uh, incompetent, you know what I mean? To yeah. like, like he, she had to be yeah. just useless because, and, and yeah. I, th- I think the first time I was just, I was glad when she was gone. Cause I didn't like her as a character. Mm-hmm. Same. And then when she came back, I was upset. Cause I was like, I fucking hate this character. But this Same. time, like I approached it as, as more of a, like, okay, I'm going to, you know, really look at what this character is and, and who she is now. And I actually did end up I- I liking her as, mm-hmm. as one of the, one of the five, which I was, I was surprised about. I didn't think that was going to happen. I kind of the same. Cause I, I remembered not liking her before. And so when we were watching through and Andrea was getting to experience the, the yeah. shittiness of Ellen for the, the first time around, um, I was feeling genuine with like, ah, like fuck this person while in the back of my head, remembering like, ah, she's important later, but like, fuck this person. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, this time around I, I did, I also watched it like completely different lens and realized like, yeah, this like that was all a sham. And I think because of who she was, if he hadn't been that thorough with the, the programming, like she would have found a way through it. Yeah, she would have figured so out who she was sooner. She would mm-hmm. have. I mean, the yeah. fact that she and Ty somehow made their way to each other, yeah. like shows it also, there are so many things now. Cause I was just, as you were saying that I was imagining going back and watching her again and the things that we don't like about her, how, how she kind of like flaunts the fact that she's not quote unquote faithful to Ty. Right. Mm -hmm. But we know now part of that is that she was lonely Mm -hmm. and not that that's any reason to quote unquote cheat, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it wasn't just her trying to hurt Ty. And the other thing is that like, she's a Cylon and we know that Cylons have very different ideas about like monogamy and whatnot. And so like, you know, like it's it's she not that she knew she was a Cylon, but it's like it just I think does, she always did somewhere in her heart. It just changes things a little bit for me, yeah. that kind of those kinds of things. Um, and I do think you don't get to see enough of the two of them before. And it's because the show didn't know what they were going to do with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you don't get to see because like even like the scene in the strip club, like they're yeah. both. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're both drunk messes. Mm-hmm. Like, Ellen's flirting with other people, I think, if I remember correctly. Like, they're both... Oh. But Pretty they're much having, right? They're having a great time. Neither one of them is upset about what's happening. And you yeah. can imagine that that's what it was like a lot of the time for them. Yeah. They just had a very like <laughs> vibrant, unconventional relationship. They're, they're like I, the McMurrays I, of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and just because, you know, after. Now you're getting it. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, nuclear war is going to certainly put some tension on yeah. a relationship like that. So I can't, I don't know. I just like. I feel very differently about her now, and I don't feel bad for hating her in the beginning because they made it very easy, but it's... I think they wanted you to in the beginning. Yeah, for sure. they didn't know that she was going to be like, one of the five. Like, you don't write a character like that and go, everyone's going to love her. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, in your mind, biggest char- uh, character turnaround, good or bad? Is it... I don't. I guess it's not Ellen, is it? Um, I think it is for me. I think it might be too. I just I hated her, though. She would have been top of my list of like hated characters in all shows ever. I was not sad to see her go, um, and I feel very differently about her now. Um, who else did we? I mean, pretty much all of our main characters had some sort of arc in which they either, like, kind of did a, a 180 in the, their path or, like, discovered something new about themselves mm-hmm. or changed their behavior in some way. I'm thinking, like, Baltar going from, like, arrogant man of science to arrogant cult leader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you know, obviously Ellen going from being the this flippant uh, booze hound to being, like, oh, like, she's actually, like... Basically, the leader of the Cylons. Yeah. Uh, and even like in like little ways here and there, you see it all the time with, uh, you know, with the characters like Adama and Rosalind. Yeah. Uh, and whatnot. I mean, you have the, uh, the, like ongoing uncertainty of where Boomer stands. I I think my favorite. I I know I've I've been saying this the entire time I've known about this show is that my favorite's been Chief Tyrrell. Um. But I think his his storyline really is my favorite because, you know, he, he starts off and he's just, you know, he's just a good dude. He's hardworking. You know, he looks out for the people he cares about. Um, you know, there's that whole union bit with him and, and the, the Hite Khan early on, which I thought was great. And then, you know, the... Oh, that's right. Tyrell, uh, our union man. Yeah. And then being, forgot. being the union boss on, on New Caprica and, you know, just... It, and, and just how, like... He just seems like a good, dependable, likable dude, right? Mm-hmm. And then he finds out he's a Cylon. And then his wife is m- murder slash he thinks suicide, but finds out later actually murdered. <laughs> and then finds out the kid's not even his. And he fucking just goes off the deep end. Like, yeah. for like a whole like season, he's just like a piece of shit. <laughs> and then he turns it around and, and like gets his life back together and becomes himself again at the end. And then and he, I, after he murders, I mean... Understandably so. Yeah, I, one of the five. She had a, a murder story and moves to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know that classic story. Um, but like, but yeah, like I just I love how like like how together he was in the beginning and how bad it got for him and then how mm-hmm. he was able to turn it around and you know 
basically f- like find find peace for himself and and get himself back to you know what's important to him and i i just i love i love that that arc i just do yeah, yeah. agreed yeah. i also think it, it, yeah. it can't be understated the uh the journey of capca six yes yeah what a yeah. Uh, uh like a, what a wild ride that was going from being like the seductress and like the mastermind behind the uh, like the the fall of Caprica specifically, but we can assume also the the rest of the colonies, and you know being killed and you know returning as essentially a hero and a martyr and like finding her place in in Cylon society and starting to, to influence against the you know influence right. a little bit of individual uh, individual individuality. Wow, words are hard tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, into the uh, the collective, uh, and to eventually becoming. You know, a, first a prisoner and then a like a member of the Galactica crew, essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. and like yeah. s- like fighting for it in the very end. Like, <sighs> but what a, what a crazy to to go from essentially being one of the primary like architects of the fall of humanity to mm-hmm. like saving the remaining yeah. humanity in the very end. I mean, she really went from like the far end of the villain spectrum to like the she hero spectrum. She slaps a baby's neck in yes. the first episode. Yeah, that's a good point. She does do that. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. This is too deep for this podcast, but is Liam God's retribution for that? Uh, I mean, sure. Like, maybe that seemed dismissive, but I mean, like, why not? <laughs> well, the mean... thing about Liam, you, as you were saying that, I decided just now that is one of the things that is I'm frustrated did not get more. They set that up. Even just the whole thing with like Cylons not being able to reproduce with other Cylons and like the, you know, I joked all series long about the Exactly. And like that did feel like they were setting up for something. And then to they did the one of the things that I hate, which is like six gets sort of punished. I mean, Ty, really, it's Ty who gets punished by putting Six through this horrific tragedy that, like, is only something that people who can get pregnant go through, uh, like, can go through, and the Mm -hmm. pun... Like, there's just this, like... I have a lot of... It's come up over and over again on on this show, like, weird feelings with the way they treat, like, women and motherhood in particular in in media. Um, And and then... And all of that to be kind of for nothing at the end of the day, right? Like, what what did that... What did that add to the... A false hope. Right. Like, why? But why? I don't know. It just... It's frustrating. It's another lost parallel, though, that I forgot about until I started doing some research today, is that you weren't supposed to be able to get pregnant on the island. Nobody could have babies. And then um, uh, son manages to get pregnant and have a kid. And so it's another one of those weird, and is it faith that allows that in the same way that is it some super, you know, again, just another. Can't have babies when you're dead. What? Who said that? You weren't (laughs) dead on the island. Do you have either of you, both of you, a favorite moment? I know you do, Caleb. You know what mine is. That's everybody knows what mine mm-hmm. is. Edward James almost knows what yours is. <laughs> yes, which, he is, does! which fucking rules. And he, it's yours now. Yeah, that's that's your moment. <laughs> he gave that moment oh. to you. That's to so you. cool. That's so my moment. 
that's so Caleb's moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a few, I feel like, that I've said throughout. One of my absolute favorites is when it's when Starbuck kills Leoben and she goes back to eating her like steak or whatever it is. So nice. <laughs> Covered in his blood and just it like is, oh, that is daughter. a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I don't know Kitchy. that I have a favorite moment. I mean, anytime Ty and Adam are being friends is my favorite. That's a, moment, yes, actually. those are good moments. Um, I think I, I really like the the moment when Chief puts the refinery ship on strike. Yes, that's a great. Moment when he too. like he he just has that moment of like, okay, fuck this, we're on strike. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that moment. That's a good one. I, I remembered mine. It's um. It's Baltar uh, dropping his accent. Yeah, his, yes, his fake that's accent. a good one too. And you find out that you get so much, like you learn so much about Baltar in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then later meeting his dad and having his dad uh, call him a stupid bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that's God. That's that's like I remembered. Like, on seeing it again, I didn't remember any of this, like, in advance, but when I saw it, my brain remembered Baltar yelling at Six to go wait in the car and, like, negotiating with the the nanny, but didn't remember the father at all. (laughs) (laughs) That was just such a delight. We didn't even talk about the fact that... Go ahead. We get another scene where... um, Oh, it's that same scene. Baltar comes home with, like, a what I'm assuming is a dominatrix, but like some sort of sex worker with like her bag of tricks. Yes. Just, I just, yeah. I, that's a fun little Baltar detail. That's all. I, I want a, I want a show that's basically Frasier where Baltar is <laughs> Frasier and the dad is the dad. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, six is Daphne and mm-hmm. fucking Leoban is Niles. I don't know. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh And Jake's the dog. And Jake's the dog, yeah. Oh, Jake the dog. I want mm-hmm. that I want that show. Uh I just like that. I just like I want MASH but with Dr. Cottle and in space. <laughs> oh my god, I want that more than anything. I know. Oh that that would be that would be my new favorite show, I think. Uh, I wish we knew more about the the actual new show and we could, we I know. could get into that a little bit. Um Hey, do, y'all, we've been going for over an hour and I forgot to do a break. Are we going to, what's, what's our plan here? I mean, I don't well, care. It's the last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck it. I'll put some ads at the end or at the beginning or something. We'll figure it out. Just play the ads over the middle. There you go. <laughs> just like hard stop in the middle. But like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, ads. And then <laughs> no, no, I mean, just like we'll keep the episode going and just start playing ads like that while we're talking works. so that, so mm-hmm. that we talk over the ads where they talk over us. I don't know how that works. Caleb, <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, it's, it's, I'll just I'll I'll record the ad and we'll just I'll, I'll speak over myself. No, no, it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, do either of you think that you will watch any of the three other series? So, Battlestar Galactica, Galactic 1980, or Caprica? Well, 1980 is a, a movie, isn't it? No, it's just it's it basically was like a. A reboot series, but like with the original cast and premise, just two years later. Oh, okay. It was 1978 then 1980. Uh, there were one season each. Gotcha. Am I? I mean, if it's in my contract, I'll do whatever you guys tell me. So, I guess that's up to y'all. Um, I you know. I, I mean, at some point, I imagine that I that I will. 
I will say at at this moment in time, I need a break. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, I I tried watching Caprica at one point mm-hmm. and only got like one episode in and was like bored. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the original Battlestar Galactica, actually. Um, and I like the idea of watching them, and I like the idea of us doing them on the podcast. I don't like the idea of doing that right now because, like I said, I need a break. Right. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe in the future, maybe. Uh, but right now, th- th- that's the last thing I want to do. Right. Which is to say, listeners, stay subscribed because you never know when we're going to pop in <laughs> with some more content. And, and we won't announce it. We'll just drop it. Drop like, it we'll, right just, in. we'll just suddenly yeah. one day, you'll be like, oh, shit, they're doing the original series. <laughs> to mm-hmm. be at action stations. That's um, right. Yeah, I, I I watched I think most of Caprica, and at the time I thought it was it it, it was weird. It like it felt like it leaned like way too far into the religion aspect, and I didn't understand where it was going. And I also think I thought there was going to be more, and it got canceled or something like that. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and rewatch that now, uh, you know, fresh off of this recent watch through of the of the series, just to see. Like, does it answer any questions for me? Does it does it flesh anything out? Does it feel like it fits more that I have now that I have a, a different perspective mm-hmm. on right. the the reimagined series? Um, I never. I don't think I even got through a single episode of the original series and never touched 1980. So I think I would wait on those uh, until such time as we decided to revisit them for for the show, and then it could be oh hey we all watch together. Yeah. Um, but I think I would definitely rewatch Caprica, and I very much can't wait for the the new series, if and when that ever actually drops. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the new series I, that will be appointment television for me for sure. Um, but but I guess we'll I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Yeah. So the, see we all. Uh, mm-hmm. So Andrea, so see we will. Uh, so see we will. Yes. Um, as as we near the end here, mm. is there, there there anything else that is this burning burning questions, things weighing on your mind, weighing on your soul, or just final uh, final observations? Um, I I'd like to read one more thing if that's okay. Absolutely, and please do. It's not something that I that I wrote um, because as much as we have joked about Andrea's fan fiction, I don't actually write fan fiction. <laughs> I wish I wish that I did. I wouldn't be ashamed of it. Um, mm, this seems like a ruse. <laughs> this but, is so definitely this is, Andrea's fan fiction. This yeah. is by an author named Bandria Gwyn. No, <laughs> this, actually, this actually isn't. But I, so what I was doing like actual research um, and and reading through actual academic articles. And, and I do have some stuff, uh, something that I've been working through about more. It doesn't matter. Anyway, what I did find. Oh, oh no, did I close it? Oh no. oh, no, wait, no, I found it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to share just the littlest bit of fanfic, um, and there'll be a reason for it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why as I read through it. I couldn't decide whether to find something really, like, just just over the top and smutty or not, and I decided not to do that. There's plenty of it. I believe um, it. But instead, I found something called The Adama and Rosalind Show. Mm. And uh, here's, I'm just going to read a little bit. It starts, the Cylons were created by man. Mulder, she yelled. It's starting. Just a second, he called from his study. She groaned. It was his fault she was so hooked on the stupid show. 
And there's a break. This episode is dumb, Mulder said at the break. Isn't anything going to explode? Do we really care about Adama's man pain? What I want to know is why he's still hung up on his ex-wife. He needs to take that ring off and see what's right in front of his face. I'd better see an explosion, Mulder said. It'd be cool if Callie were in it. <laughs> Don't be a misogynist, she snapped. She being Scully, of course. Yes. Um, and so it goes on from there, but I just... That five sentences... Five sentences into this fan fiction. Um, Mulder is praying for Callie to get blown up. <laughs> and then that Scully calls him a misogynist when, in our group, I was the one celebrating Callie's <laughs> demise. I think... Uh, Anyway, it goes on. I just love that one of the first things I found is um, Scully Mulder said, as if you were speaking to a dim child, you do realize that this is Battlestar Galactica, not the Adam and Rosalind show. Hmm. She gave him a dirty look. Maybe for you, she said, but it is for me. You may watch the Yay Stuff Explode show and the Six Wear Skimpy Dresses show, but I watch the Adam and Rosalind show. And I, Andrea, would like to argue that you can watch all, those, all shows. Of those shows. You can absolutely enjoy That's right. both. <laughs> That's right. Um, but this is a lovely little, anyway, um, it, it goes on from there. Um, but uh, but I just love that I also found a Buffy crossover. All of my favorite shows interacting oh. with all of my favorite shows. Um, that's that. That's all I got. So, I could talk forever about cyborgs and... and uh, Cylons. Cyborgs as Cylon, but not quite. I actually have something that I... I, I won't read that now. It's a little... Uh, but something that I was working on um, back in season one about... Cylons and cyborgs. Sounds anyway. like this stuff all needs to go on the blog. Uh, yep. Before we wrap up, I have one question I'd like to pose to both of you because I think okay. I think you're each going to have an interesting perspective on this one. Uh, I was speaking to someone earlier this week uh, about and, and mentioned that our our uh, show was wrapping up. We'd we'd just recorded the finale and and you know it was kind of a bittersweet thing and um, and he said he'd never seen the show. Um, and he's like, but I've I've been meaning to to get more into like the Star Trek universe, in which I said to him, well, Battlestar is not Star Trek; mm-hmm. they, they're they're different universes. Um, but are they? It depends on if you count uh, Star Trek as being canonically our future, in which case, yes. Mm-hmm. How far into? I don't. I didn't. I watched. Star Trek passively with my grandfather who loved it, but not enough to be able, and then only, um, uh, what's his real name? What's Professor X's name? I love him in real life too. Patrick Stewart? Patrick Sir, Stewart. Sir, Sir Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Get it right. Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. Um, I needed to get two degrees away from the name I was actually looking for to get to it. An Englishman um, with a French name for some reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Jean-Luc. Um, but, uh, so my question might be, did you see me leave the room for a moment? Um, no, I saw Caleb go to take a drink out of an empty glass and then get a real disappointed look on his face. Um, does, do we know at what point, if Star Trek is our future, do we know how far into our future? Yeah. Yeah, we know exactly uh, how far in our future because it's dated. Oh, how far? Yeah, they give dates. It's in like the, the starts in like the 24th century, I think is when it, when it picks off, so like the 2300s. Uh, when shit really starts to pop off, yeah. uh, where I will say that, uh, you can easily make a, a case one way or the other, uh, it is far in our future. Uh, so thus, if we, if we believe the, the, 
the premise that Battlestar exists far in our past and it's mm-hmm. all one linear timeline, then yes, they can exist in the same universe. That's fun. However, um, thinking through the, the Battlestar crew, of, of course, partly due to the insistence of Edward James Elmos, as we talked about uh, previously. Uh, on the, Second Edition 1. Uh, previously on Second Edition 1. Uh, partly due to his insistence that there be no little green men uh, or else he would faint and they'd have to write him off the show with a heart attack. Uh, they, they encountered no alien species at all. Like, no, realistically, no real life at all on their journey other than like the algae and whatnot mm-hmm. um yeah one hundred fifty thousand years is a lot of time universe is a big place like they didn't they only went to like a handful of places yeah i just like they they there's that we have to believe that they they visited a lot of planets along the way that's kind of implied in the writing and just like they can't show us all of it but all i have to say like it it doesn't feel like 150,000 years is quite enough for uh, as many civilizations uh, mm-hmm. as exist in the Star Trek universe to have advanced far enough to have, you know, like intergalactic relations, Planetary. like treaties. Planetary. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> treaties and wars and federations and whatnot. Uh, and then Earth to, to catch up later on. Uh, it just it, it doesn't feel like it's quite enough time, but to Kitsy's point, yes, the, the universe is vast, and it is entirely possible that uh, our ancestors just missed them all along the way. Uh, it's I think it's also an interesting thought to think that Star Trek is what would happen if we were to break the all of this has happened before, all this will happen again cycle of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Star Trek's the future yeah. we could have. Right, Wait. if, oh, I love that. If stupid Lee hadn't had that stupid idea of leaving all, of flying all the technology into the fucking sun. Yeah. <laughs> Dummy. Well, they, uh, they, 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 they reinvent the technology later in, in different ways, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and in more refined. Um, but that actually, uh, that, that leaves me with one last question that I want to ponder. Does the... Is the god of the Battlestar universe actively interested in helping humanity break the cycle, or is it just wildly entertained by all of this? I would say if, for lack of a better name, god in the Battlestar Galactic universe wanted to help humanity break the cycle, it would. I mean... So do you think it's more the the angels, we'll call them, are acting on their own or that God is just like mildly disinterested, but also won't stop them. I think it's more that like, I think, I think maybe, you know, maybe God has a lot going on and these angels are like the supervisors of this particular universe or this particular like reality. And so maybe God's got like, 15 other realities going on that, that he's trying to manage or it's trying to manage. And, you know, the six and Baltar angels are the ones responsible for this one. So they're more invested in making it work and making it happen, but they're not as powerful as God. So they can't, they can only influence things, but they can't actually do anything about them. That's my take on it. Okay. Well, it does. I mean, I guess it depends on, like, they say, like, break the cycle of violence, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it, the cycle as they knew it as compared to 
where the show leaves us, I mean, that was broken because of Hera, right? Because of our mitochondrial Eve, there is, we're not there. I mean, the, the, their planet, our planet is on the brink of destruction, just human to human or human side, whatever, like hybrid dish to hybrid ish thing, whatever we all are supposed to be. Well, as the Um, show does point out though, like we are creating Cylon like technology yeah, you know, even, 20 years yeah, ago we were, and now true. it's getting even worse. Even so. more so now, like, like the the modern world is starting to look like the like the That's events of Caprica. Point. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, you have uh, just robots dirtier being, and, and and less nice. Yeah, robots being developed largely for military purposes, and a, uh, a disproportionate uptick in uh, faith based decision making. Ooh, I didn't yep. consider that second one. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's a good question. Oh, well, we're boned. <laughs> All right. Well, as we ponder the, the fate of humanity in the- both the, the Battlestar universe and our own, assuming that they're different in any way, uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave you with this. For the first time ever, we're standing down to condition two. Oh, my God. And we can't say when, we can't say where, but we will see you again. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.